Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Care Inspectorates podcast on Meaningful Connection. My name is Sherry Kerr and I'm joined today by Gareth Hammond, who is a service manager with the Care Inspectorates and also happens to have a master's degree in dementia care. So today we're going to be talking about people who live with dementia and some of the ways that they can be supported with Meaningful Connection. So thank you for joining us, Gareth. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you. So, as we know, there are a high proportion of people who live in care homes for older people who are living with dementia. How might this affect people in terms of connection? Yeah, really good question, uh, Sherry. So, I I suppose one of the things that we really need to consider and think about is that where people are living uh, in, in residential care settings and are also living with a dementia, there are some challenges and barriers in terms of being able to engage in meaningful connection, uh, which can present themselves. And, and ultimately, um, one of those being uh, that quite often people living with dementia wouldn't seek out opportunities uh, to, to be connected to others or to make connection with, with others. And that includes uh, people who are known to them, to family members. Uh, There might be some challenges around about recognition. um, So maybe not recognising people who are close to them as as loved ones. Um, So really looking uh, for for family carers, for, for formal carers within care settings to be able to provide that support and encouragement uh, to individuals so that they can maintain those those lasting meaningful connections with with individuals who are who are important to them. Okay, great. So what sorts of things can services do, do you think, to help support people and their families when it comes to staying connected? <laughs> It's important, I suppose, for services to have a recognition of of those people who are important to the person experiencing care. Um, Having, for example, a a good, robust life history uh, or life story uh, of that individual so they know how that person has connected, what, what's been their social role, what, what's been their role within their family, uh, whether it's mum, dad, uncle, aunt, brother, sister, uh, and and what other people then mean to them. Uh, so for instance, if if that person living in the care home is, is dad, uh, what does that mean for that individual to be dad? What does it mean within the family group? Um, so that really they can help them to, to maintain those really important aspects of that social role uh, throughout their time within the care home. Okay, great. And in terms of kind of visiting, um, one of the things that we've heard from people sometimes is that they're quite it's quite good to be able to have that kind of choice of where to spend their visit because sometimes if people are experiencing difficulty communicating, perhaps that can be quite hard if it's just um, you know taking place in a bedroom or whatever. And people sometimes um, like to have the opportunity to maybe have participate in activity, go outside, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, absolutely. In terms of the the physical environment that people are are spending time in, when they're they're uh, having that meaningful connection is really important, uh, because there can be lots of things that are distracting within the environment. For instance, televisions can be on, music can be playing, people can be talking, and and that becomes quite difficult to navigate and to concentrate. Uh, so 
knowing that about the person, have staff having a knowledge of, of that individual uh, who's living in the care service, knowing where those interactions, where that connection can be maximised, whether it is in, in a private setting like their, their own room, quiet lounges, spending time outside, uh, it's really important because actually then that person is going to get the, the greatest amount of benefit uh, from those times together uh, with their loved ones, with family carers, with their friends. Um, whereas in, in a, a busy care setting uh, or a busy environment, that might be lost. Uh, so actually the benefit uh, is not truly there or, or perhaps compromised. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about knowing people, isn't it, really, and knowing you know, how you can really support people to get the best out of those interactions that they're having. And I suppose having those options as well, you know, of what you can do and, and people knowing that they have those options, you know, for whatever suits them the best. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and through that uh, evolving knowledge of individuals, you know, making sure that that's then captured within their personal plan. So, you know, for instance, we might be saying something like uh, Gareth uh, benefits the best from uh, time with his family uh, whilst he's outside, uh, you know, uh, because it's quiet. There's there's things that, that link to um, the, the life story, the preferences, the choices, the you know the hobbies and interests that, that person might have, uh, and if we're capturing that and then evaluating that and, and making some assessment around about that, then absolutely we can be really supporting people to get the most out of their life uh, and and with the meaningful connections then uh, that we're wanting people to to be able to maintain. So. During the pandemic, um, obviously, we saw people having to be isolated. You know, we saw people having to have PPE on whenever they interacted with each other. And that was something that was really difficult for a lot of people, um, maybe particularly people with dementia. What are some of the sorts of things that might need to be considered in situations like that, do you think? I think absolutely the the um, barrier that PPE can present to people living with dementia, particularly around about communication, uh, is something that that would need to be considered. Uh, should should we face similar situations in the future? Um, we saw people having to wear masks, and and rightly so because that was about protection. But what that did then was diminished people's ability to to see facial expressions, to understand what people were saying, um, to make sense of uh, their world uh, around them, uh, where you've got somebody approaching you, saying something which is muffled uh, behind a mask, it really isn't ideal for people who are living with dementia. So taking reasonable adjustments to think about uh, that those methods and, and modes of communication so that where we are having and, and trying to enhance meaningful connection for people, we're able to do that in a way that's safe, um, whilst also uh, being being uh, recognising the, the uh, protective factors that we need to put in place. Yeah, so I suppose it's about thinking about those particular needs that certain people will have, isn't it? And I mean, I think it was difficult for everybody, you know, as you said, when you've got people wearing masks, you can't see their face 
sense of you can't recognize who they are, you can't see whether they're smiling or whatever. Um, but yes, it's going to be more difficult for some people than others because of the particular needs that they have. So I suppose just thinking about how that, um, how that could be addressed. Yeah. And I suppose I'm also thinking about maybe when people were having to be isolated, um, you know, in their own rooms. And that was something that was really difficult as well. You know, for a lot of people, particularly uh, with uh, those living with dementia. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, the the opportunities to attach to others, to to be included uh, in in meaningful connection and an activity, and spend time with other people, was really undermined through some of the the isolation that people faced. And and again, these things were right and proportionate in the situation that that we found ourselves, but. Moving beyond that and thinking about, well, how do we then now support people to 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 come beyond that, where there's maybe some fears and anxieties uh, coming back into more social settings where there's larger amounts of people? Uh, how do we do that in a way that is safe, that understands uh, the psychological needs, the psychological safety uh, for individuals, um, particularly where uh, there's almost a, a, a dependence, a, an acceptance of spending larger amounts of time in your own room away from others. Uh, we really need to think about how that's managed in a way that, that's safe, that's supportive, that takes account of the individual, of their personality uh, as well. Yeah, support. so I kind of became normalised then for a lot of people and I suppose kind of getting back to maybe a more sort of normal way of doing things yeah. that was quite difficult yeah. for people because they just got used to things being in a certain way, you know. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Not, absolutely. Only, not only the people living in care homes, but, you know, their families, the staff, you know, everybody just kind of got into that certain way of, 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 of being, didn't they? Yeah. Okay, um, so people with dementia often face some particular barriers in terms of fulfilling their human rights. What are some of the considerations around that, Gareth, do you think? I, I suppose if we're thinking about that and it's in the terms of a meaningful connection, it's about the, the self-determination, the autonomy. Uh, like I said at the beginning, you know, some people who are living with dementia might find it difficult to self-initiate opportunities for meaningful connection but that doesn't mean necessarily that they're not seeking out opportunities to be connected to attach to other people uh, to have their person uh, fulfilled and the uniqueness of who they are uh, understood so it's really about that skill that, that we see in, in a lot of care settings with a lot of staff uh, the skill to be able to recognize within people who they are, what it is that, that, that is their choices, their preferences, the, the, where they get enjoyment uh, and where they can then supplement or support degrees of autonomy to allow individuals to be connected with others. Um, uh, Recognising people as unique as individuals um, it is so important, you know, if we're talking about rights and, and human rights based approaches to care, we have to genuinely understand uh, who people are, what, what gives them pleasure, what takes away from that pleasure, undermines it, uh, and how do we then maximise? And really, for, for me, it's about, uh, you know, really looking to the whole team that supports that individual, whether that's the professionals working in the care service, the extended uh, multi 
professional team, family carers to shape and develop along with the person experiencing care, their life story to understand what is that person's personality? Because actually what's right for me might not be right for, for you or, or for somebody else. Um, so that, that that true uniqueness is genuinely understood uh, and supported. Yeah, so just about coming back again, so knowing people really well, isn't it? Finding out, you know, that information, yeah. having the skills, you know, to do that and not making assumptions about people as Absolutely. well, I suppose. Absolutely. And, and also then recognising that our personalities change. We as people evolve and change over the, over our time. Uh, so thinking about how do we assess and, and reevaluate where somebody gets joy. And, and one of the really good tools that I quite often signpost services to is the uh, University of Bradford Wellbeing Profile, uh, which is a free to access, free to use uh, tool that allows us to make some assessment around about where do people get joy? Where do people experience happiness uh, in their lives? Um, because I, I know for myself, uh, you know, uh, I've got my uh, my mum and and if my mum were to go into care, well, she's had 22 years of life experience before she goes into care that perhaps I don't really know about uh, before I was, was born. Um, so I might have some assumptions as a family carer around about where she gets happiness and, and joy. Uh, so we're, we're constantly having to assess and think about, is this still the right thing for this person? Uh, yeah, definitely. And we'll, you mentioned the University of Bradford wellbeing profile there. So we'll put a link to that in the notes for the podcast as well. So people can find out more about that if they're interested in doing so. Um, no, that's great. Um, is there anything else, Gareth, that you particularly think is relevant or that we haven't covered that you think that we should be covering? I think one of the things that we done through the pandemic and, and published was a, post, a poster on the enriched model of psychological needs. Uh, and it's really its purpose, its aim was to, to help services just recognise the five psychological needs that people have uh, to have that true uh, understanding of, of their person. Uh, so it talks about comfort, um, where, where people get psychological comfort, where they get physical comfort through practical and emotional support. Talks about inclusion. So if we're thinking about that meaningful connection, that sense of belonging to connect to others, having uniqueness uh, valued. Identity. Uh, so how do we continually have a sense of who we are? Uh, whether that's who we've been in the past or, or who it is we are today or in the future. And also the, the importance of occupation, which isn't solely uh, the job that we've done. It's also those social roles, like I spoke about earlier, uh, that, that are important. So are you a parent, a caregiver, a, a son, a daughter, uh, a, a, or a teacher or a nurse? And, and how important is that to, to who you are? And also then opportunities for, for being recognised and valued as, as unique and being able to attach to, to others. Um, so it's, a, it's another resource, I suppose, that services can, can look at, can think about 
can have some uh, discussions with, with people experiencing care, family carers around about how do we meet these five elements for people to maximise then the potentials for um, enhancing the, the how, how it feels to live uh, in, a, in a care service and how then can we support that individual to, to continue to connect with others in a really meaningful uh, way. Great. Um, again, we'll put a link to that in the notes so that people can follow up on that if they haven't seen that. So, you know, I'm sure that's people will be really interested in doing that. OK, so if there was one sort of take home message, Gareth, that you would like people to, to think about in relation to dementia and meaningful connection, what would that be? Putting you on the spot a bit. Yeah, that's a really good question. I suppose it's just recognising the uniqueness of people. We're all diverse. We're all different. Uh, we all experience uh, things in a different way and different things have have different meanings for us all through through our lives. So it's just taking time, taking time and, and recognising that uh, I'm I'm unique. You're unique. We're all unique, and and actually, to get the most out of life, we need to respect that uh, for for one another and and be kind to each other. Definitely, that's been a really interesting discussion, Gareth. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you.